We think discipline is a punishment, but actually nobody has a shittier life than a person who has no self-control, no boundaries, no rules, you know, uh, who, whose life is chaos. It sucks. You know, the world has become infatuated with not being accountable, yet one of the incre incredibly easy straight paths to being happier and more content and joyous is to be more accountable. Vayner Nation, what is good? We are back with the Gary Vee audio experience with one of my favorite guests of the past, and I'm just gonna predict it right now. One of my favorite guests of the future. Uh, I, I expect to have a very long friendship with this tremendous young man. Um, and so I'm excited to, to get right into it because we don't have too much time on this episode. Ryan Holiday is one of the more thoughtful characters I've come across over the last 15, 20 years of this version of my career. Um, and it's been really nice. We've gotten closer in the last five to seven years after I admired him from afar. Um, he's rep by Vayner Speakers, which is a real honor. I'm super happy about it because I was the one pushing for him to be signed by Vayner Speakers after I had a good talk with him in LA at an event. And most importantly, I think he's a very thoughtful author and voracious reader and a uh, Trevor trove of a treasure trove of information. So uh, Ryan, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm in LA. You guys just sent me here on a gig, so I'm, uh, you're putting me to work. I love it. So, right, tell us about the new book. Let's just get right right into it. Yeah, I'm, do, I'm doing it about something I think uh, you know is equally important as I do. I'm doing this this series on the cardinal virtues. So I just did a book on courage, and then this new one is about discipline, which I think is a critical ingredient to success. Uh, I, I, I would. I would be shocked to find someone who is successful who did not become successful because of both their personal discipline and their study of a discipline, deciding to see mm. what they do as a practice and a craft. So, Discipline is Destiny is the name of the book. And, yes. and for someone who's hearing that, like, oh crap, I'm super disciplined or I'm not disciplined, what's, uh, what's the opening rant you can give to people to why this is so significant in success or joy or happiness? Yeah, my, my point isn't just that discipline will make you successful, like it's a means to an end. Discipline is also an end in and of itself, a rewarding one, right? So like, obviously if you wanna be in good shape, you have to be disciplined about what you eat, how you work out, etc. Um, if you wanna be successful in podcasting or writing or any profession, you have to be disciplined. But if, you're, if your profession is mowing lawns or uh, sweeping the streets, if you are disciplined about that, if you treat it seriously, if you get the edges just right, you care about every facet of it, it makes you great, even if nobody else cares, even if nobody else notices. So I, I wanna think about discipline in two senses. It's not just, hey, um, I'm disciplined because I want to get to a place in the future where I have more money, more time, and, and we tell ourselves I can be less disciplined but it's actually that discipline in the moment right now is a sort of guaranteed form of greatness. Taking what you do seriously, sweating it, working on it, caring about it, even if nobody else notices. You know, Steve well, Jobs famously would talk about how his father told him that, you, that a carpenter cares about even the back of the drawer, the inside of the computer. That's discipline too, and a lot of it's totally invisible to people. You know, it's funny, that makes, it's funny where my brain went with that. I would argue that that really lands with me because, and this 
might be valuable to the audience, especially the parents who are raising kids who are finding interests in new things that parents don't believe can be professions. If anything of the last yes. 10 years should teach parents, it's a lot of the things that we didn't think were jobs are, or at least things that yeah. make, you know, parents worry about, I want my kid to make enough money to sustain their livelihood. The parents of my generation did not think all those hours of video games was one of those things. My mom famously told AJ, get off the computer, you're on it too much, and made him get a job at A&P Supermarket because she didn't think us playing on, selling on eBay or like what he was doing was going to be a thing. These are really interesting. What, when you said that, I would argue that's what entrepreneurship was for me. I, you know, yeah. when I was selling lemonade and shoveling snow and even when I was selling baseball cards, I remember making like 300 bucks at a card show, seemed like a trillion dollars. And I remember teachers and my friend's parents, not my parents, which is why what happened happened, kind of scoffing at it or like thinking that the D I got in science, which is was a much bigger indicator than what I did with the baseball card show. But what's funny is I've always talked about it as I knew, I knew, but I would argue what sprung to me when you were talking was I just enjoyed being an entrepreneur. It's, it's how I am today. I. Yeah. I get way more joy in the process of what I do than the fact that I'm Gary V or the financial ramifications of what I do came along with it. Yeah, look, there's a difference between writing and publishing in my line of work. I love writing, I sometimes publish, right? Publishing is when it goes out in the world, when it makes money, when it's released and all that, and that's important. But writing is what I wake up early to do because I love doing it. And I think your point about, you know, anything can be a discipline, anything can be a craft is really important. My son likes to watch these videos by this kid, Beck Bro Jack on YouTube, who does Minecraft videos. Yep. And, I, and you know, part, I, I don't love it. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me why you would want to watch someone play, play YouTube. But I was trying to, to tell my son that this person is also an entrepreneur, also an artist. And that's why he has an, an audience of millions of people and that you can enjoy it, but you should also respect the fact that he got really, he got so good at something that he's one of the few people in the world that makes a living doing that thing. And that's what we should take away. Whatever it is that you love, if you like throwing darts, be the best dart thrower in the world. Uh, to me, it's why even in the 80s growing up when I felt that stay-at-home moms were disrespected way more, by the way, for all the youngsters who are socially like thoughtful. Um, it was way worse in the 80s. And I yeah. remember being very affected by that because I actually really knew while it was happening that my mom was orchestrating a masterpiece. Yeah. I, I like literally vividly remember being 12, 13, that range, 12, 13, 14, and saying, my mom's smarter. My mom's doing it better. And, and I think, well, oh, I, I, please. Oh, I was gonna say, I think about this. Uh, I remember, you know, I, I would take our, our, our two kids to this daycare and I think about these, these three women that put 24 year olds down to bed at the same time for a nap in the middle of the day. And you think about the energy and the skill and the craft of even that. 100%. And so that, think of the emotional discipline, the patience, the calmness that you have to radiate outwards to do something. Ryan, wouldn't, what, what, couldn't the argument in this checkers chess game of this conversation play out with a checkmate that says discipline could be a gateway to all eight billion people's happiness? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, here's the funny thing. We think that discipline sucks, right? Like not getting to eat everything you want, not getting to do everything you want, not getting to spend Well, we, 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 we think discipline sucks in the things that don't come natural to us. You know, to me, but, but I guess what I mean, you, you know what I mean? What I'm saying is yeah. that we think discipline is a punishment, but actually nobody has a shittier life than a person who has no self-control, no boundaries, no rules, you know, it's, uh, it's who, the way, life is chaos. It's, it's, the way, it's the way I think about accountability. On, uh, you know, the world has become infatuated with not being accountable, yet one of the incre- incredibly easy straight paths to being happier and more content and joyous is to be more accountable. Yes. So tell well, us, I think it's please. Good. Go ahead, sorry, sorry, sorry. I really wanna get into the book a little bit because I, I feel like a lot of my audience is gonna buy it or is considering it because they've, they have a sense of you and things of that nature. So I guess, you know, who's this for or, or how do you write it in a way that brings value to someone who views themselves as already disciplined or if someone's listening and saying, fuck, I'm really not disciplined, like, how did you structure it in a way to give somebody maybe a spark to start the process? Or is there, you know, how do you think about that? Well, I, I obviously, like you, identify with the first category. I'm a very disciplined person. I've always been disciplined. That's been the root of a lot of my success. But you and I have our own battles with discipline, right? Um, overwork, burnout, overcommitting, uh, you know, not... Uh, uh, can, I, can I say something, right? Can I, can I say something, right? No bullshit. This is really actually just a moment to jump in. Actually, I'm probably saying this because I'm asking you because I do find you very thoughtful. I, I am very overrated and misunderstood on the, like I've never felt professional burnout in my entire life, I'm not joking. I, wh- this is why discipline's interesting to me. I'm trying to like put these puzzles of all these emotions together. I, I, the best way I've articulated it the place I've gotten the most DMs and emails about where I'm like, ooh, now I get you, Gary, and this works for me too, is when I talk about, the reason I don't have burnout is two things. One, I genuinely am not attached to my public or even private success. I don't care if my parents or my siblings or the world thinks I'm successful. I am very good at being disciplined to live within my means. I spent all of my 20s, all of them, not making up even a hundred thousand dollars a year, which is a lot of money, but like in the way that people think about money, you know, I didn't that didn't happen for me, nor did it into my early 30s. So I'm very good living within my means. I'm not attached to my success. And then, comma, what I do for a living is truly my hobby, truly. So like my disciplines are more of like I don't want like eating habits, working out. I only developed that in my late 30s. Uh, candor in my personal life was something I really struggled with. I, I'm not disciplined saying it like it is. Gary Vee's great at it, which is the irony of it all. The pu- my public persona, when I'm public in, a meeting, in an interview like this, I'm very good at it because I'm talking to the world. But when I'm talking to the 25 people I love or the 500 employees that I love, I really struggled with it. Very undisciplined with candor, but not burnout and things of that nature. And so just, I'm sorry to deviate, but when you hear that of somebody who loves to, like, like, what is that combination of emotional traits that allows someone like me to truly not be there? Like, I'm genuinely not stressed professionally ever. 
Well, that's great. I mean, I think it, it, it requires a certain amount of discipline. For me, it, you know, saying no is something I have to be disciplined about because yes. I'll always want to do one more. Me, I'll always yeah. want to commit to one more thing. Yeah. And if I'm not disciplined about that, then inevitably I will burn out or people around me. I, I, that's something I have to be conscious of is like, hey, if my capacity is 100, but people on my team's capacity is 75, I can only commit to what the team can handle unless I want to be constantly replacing those people like burn or 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 for all the operators I couldn't agree more such a brilliant statement I'm obsessed with the concept of creating infrastructure for them to play at their 75 and then I have to yeah. be on an island from my 76 to 100 and not require anyone to be the facilitator of it hence why I have two chiefs of staff and three full-time admins that was a big learning step all my executives all my operators all my you know, COOs and CEOs, they could, I could easily manage them with that. My infrastructure of my time, that was why I built out such a large team. People laugh at it, but it was actually through empathy and compassion to the ones, to keep them at their 75. No, it, it's like you'd think, okay, I'm, I'm operating at this level, I'm having one person come handle my extra stuff, that should be enough. Like I should only need one person yeah. to do that. Doesn't and work it's that like, way. no, actually mm. it might be three or four or five people and empathy is a great word there. Uh, and then also understanding, hey, uh, I, I just noticed I kept burning through people and it was expensive and difficult to have to replace them each time. And so I had to say, hey, I have to think about what I'm able to take on, what each person is able to handle or I'm being short-term yeah. disciplined at the expense of long-term discipline. Right, just because I know there's a lot of these characters on the call and I think this will land. And I, you know, you're a humble dude, but I'm gonna ask you to be forthright about it. Um, why do you think you're such a successful author? Because I think a lot of people, well, I, I, please. I treat it like a job. I show up and I do it every day. You know, right. I was thinking about this when you were talking about some of these social media people. I think people look at an influencer and they go, oh, that's fun, you just wake up and you <laughs> take pictures and you get to do whatever you want. And it's like, no, I, I, I work at this every single day. I show up, I do the work and I, I love it and I can't not do it, right? There's, there's a bunch of factors, but, but I think people, they look, they look at something and they see the output and they assume it's easy and they don't understand the day-to-dayness of it. The commitment to, to wanting to get better, to really thinking about, hey, here, here, is, here is me doing it at 50% and then here's me doing it 100% and that there's a huge difference between giving all, like your best to something and then just you know sort of phoning it in. I, I think that's right and I think back to where, this is why I'm so passionate about passion because I think it's a lot easier to be disciplined. Like, if people said the five people you love the most, health is dependent on you writing, actually writing every morning, I would like go visit those five people and give them a kiss and say, let's reminisce because you're going downtown, Charlie Brown, because I'm incapable of writing every day. Like, you know, it's like, you know, this is, I think the extremities of what comes natural and easy to me versus what comes so hard to me, and this is, that, that was a part of, I forever have been affected by how I was so atrocious at school. I'm just like, yeah. I'm fascinated by it because I meet so many people who are like, I did nothing, but I got C's. And I was like, why didn't yeah. I get C's? And, and I think, to your point, the influencer thing, I'm glad you brought that up. I laugh when people make fun of them because I know how hard it is and how much work is required. What's a, what's a common thing that you've seen people do to start the plot process to become more disciplined. 
Is it try to become micro-disciplined about something small and then you build on that? Is it just rip the Band-Aid off and go at it? Like, is it a babysitter? So for me, I got to, I I used a babysitter for working out, changed my life, I finally figured out. I'm so disciplined at being accountable to others, I'm in charge of my siblings, I love my parents, I love my employees, I love the world, oh fuck. And literally the reason I got a full-time trainer was to not let Mike down, that drives me more than going to the gym, actually. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's two easy ways to tackle discipline. One might be routine and structure in your life, like what time do you wake up, what's your calendar look like, stop, stop sort of winging it. And I think people figured out during COVID, like, oh wait, now I'm my own boss. I actually have to be in charge. I can't just do whatever I want when I want it. To me, the, an, another really easy place is what you're talking about with is a physical practice, something where you, uh, Seneca, one of my favorite quotes from Seneca says, we treat the body rigorously so that it is not disobedient to the mind. And the point is you want to develop the practice of being in charge, like the, the, the practice of, oh, I'm tired, oh, it's hard, oh, it's difficult, oh, it's not going well. You want to cultivate the muscle that, that is able to override that and keep going. It's like when you crank the, the, the knob in the shower towards cold, every time you do that, you are developing a strength over yourself that I think is transferable to the rest of your life. I think that's I think that's right. Um, what does someone? Here's a good one because I see this through my DMs and emails. Do you read your DMs and emails, right? Like a lot, a I little. Know, like, how do you play that? I've had to be disciplined about that. Like, Makes sense. I know that I focus best when I'm not thinking about what other people think of me and when I'm not getting random criticism or people telling me that I'm awesome. So I've had to set up some boundaries. Like, I have a social media person. I also, my personal social media is on my wife's phone. So I can't check it as much as I would ordinarily check it. And so I, I do get feedback. I like to get that feedback in person when I meet like real humans, like on the street or at a talk or something. You feel, people, me, having, you feel people are more civil and more themselves in that environment, correct? Yeah, and I just don't want a lot of unsolicited feedback, just direct access to me at any moment. Yep. I found that that's not conducive work to like me keeping my own internal compass on point. Good for you. Uh, I, uh, and, and this goes back to like self-awareness. I, on the other hand, am so detached from it, even when people are like, you're the goat or you're a scam artist, I'm actually spending all my energy on trying to understand why one is doing that. More so that, it's almost like I don't even like, it's almost like I don't even exist. It's super interesting how I treat it. Nonetheless, this leads me to this question because I've seen this a lot. A lot of people struggle with the restart of discipline after sustaining discipline and falling off the horse. Help yeah. us talk through this. For four years you've been great on your eating and diet and working out and then COVID happened, you lost your way and you feel like all those years were wasted and you're kind of getting into this depression circle. For, for, you know, for 17 months you were disciplined with containing some of the feelings you had and you were more civil and somebody triggered you and you lashed out and now you're lashing out at everybody. Like, and there's a million different versions of this. Uh, uh, here's a big one that I hear a lot about. A lot of people really struggle with being upset that they're late to everything. Like a big one. Yeah. I get a lot of that. Yeah. Like, I suck, I suck. I'm like, you don't suck. Like, like 
you know, and so that person gets good, they created a system, admin, calendar, alert systems, apps, who knows what, they do it for three and a half years, oh darn, they got out of that pattern and they're no longer. Help us get back, once disciplined, lost their way, how do I get back on the discipline train? I'm, given that you've looked at this subject matter, I'm sure you got some thoughts on this. Yeah, look, uh, guilt is not a constructive emotion. Whipping yourself, telling yourself that you suck, it's not helpful, right? Yeah. It, it, it feels self-indulgent, it feels like it's helping, but it's not, right? Uh, one of my favorite lines from the Stoics, they say, how do you know you're making progress? You're being a better friend to yourself. Mm. And you know, a friend doesn't go like, Gary, you're such a piece of shit, you're late, I hate you, right? They go, hey, uh, what's up with you? Are you okay, do you need something, right? Like, I'm just checking in, I'm seeing how you're doing. And, and so realizing that we all fall short, we're human beings, it, it, it's going to happen. Um, and then that's the end of that discussion. And then it's about getting back closer to where you wanna be or who you wanna be, as opposed to this downward spiral because, because you slipped up or you fell off. Like, I, I just think about it as like, there's this kind of rhythm, this baseline of who I wanna be. And sometimes I'm way above it. And sometimes I, I fall below it but I just, I know where I want to come back to all the time. And it's like, it's like uh, if you're ever playing music, you know, the, the beat is going and you can come and go with it, but it's always there. You just got to come back to that beat. I love that. I love that. What, uh, what did you learn most? You know, this is obviously something you've been into, aware of, thoughtful about, researched, you associate with it. So it's been very tried and true for you for a long time. You write this book, you, you have to go a little deeper, thus you must yeah. have stumbled on something. What, what was that? Well, one of the things I'm, I'm thinking about in my life that I've taken from it is that, you know, discipline is not just rigidity. Like you talked about being mm, on time. I'm I always love five minutes early or like I never do this. You know, that rigidity is also a form of fragility. You have to be able to be flexible, right? You have to be able to adjust, especially as you get you know, in the higher levels of things. So like when you see athletes that have this routine, they're like, I always do it this way. Well, what if the team plane is late because of weather? You know, what if, what if you're, you're not playing on the home court because something changed? You have, to, like, you have to be resilient. And part of resilience is flexibility, being able to say, I can work with this. It doesn't wouldn't, 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 wouldn't you argue that's the highest level of discipline? I mean, for me, for me, when I think about discipline, it's that my mental status with myself when I talk to myself is always apologetic and understanding of things out of my control. Yes. That is my yes. core discipline. My core discipline is I wanted this to be the case. The plane, it snowed. Mother Nature said go fuck yeah. yourself. I said thank you Mother Nature. And when we got in at 3 a.m. It's okay that I'm not gonna wake up at 6 a.m. and work out because I'm tired and it's okay yes. and I'll pick it back up tomorrow. And that's that. Well, and, and that that actually requires more discipline. Right? I so think like so. You get in at three, you normally work out at six, you like working out, you get the dopamine from working out, you have a streak going on your smartwatch that you don't wanna break, but sleep is important. You know, being fresh for the meeting in the morning or the talk that you're giving in the morning. And, and your health is important. And if you force a workout when you're stiff or you know, not prepared, not, you could hurt yourself. And so you have to have the discipline. Like for me, I, it's harder for me not to work out when I'm not feeling well than it is for me to force it anyway, 
right? And so it takes discipline to be flexible actually and say, I'm gonna adjust, I'm gonna sleep in, I'm gonna move this thing in my calendar, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna adjust. I don't control what happens, to go to your point, but we control how we adjust to what happens, how we respond to what happens. That's actually the, the essence of Stoic philosophy right there. You know, it's funny, while I got you for five minutes, it, 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 like my brain's just racing and where it wants to go is the rigidness. The rigidness. The people in my life who are obsessed with the world being black and white are incredibly unhappy. It I, breaks your heart. It breaks my heart watching them. Many are the closest of the closest to me. Others are the next circle in the next circle. And all of it traces back to fear. You know, that they, they're trying to protect themselves from an unknown because it hurts, it, they're scared of. You know, and I think you said something so powerful that got me going to this place, which is like, do not consider discipline being rigid. And it's funny, because it triggered me in a good way. I'm like, right. Like, I think my superpower is, is, you know, you said this to me on a podcast, not judging myself, and I think it speaks to a deep obsession of flexibility and non-rigid, I mean, I, it's actually scary to me how not rigid I am. And, and uh, I think about this, you know, great athletes have discovered that, hey, pliability, flexibility is actually more important than strength. You know, if you're just lifting, 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 first off, you're gonna hurt yourself, you're gonna wear yourself down. But what about when you get tackled? What about when yeah, of you, course. you have to reach for the ball? If you're not pliable, if you're not flexible, that's when you pull a muscle. And I think there's a metaphor in there for the rest of us. We have to be able to adjust and bend and go with the flow of things as opposed to deluding ourselves that we can be so strong and rigid that, that we never bend, we never break. You know, life's gonna, gonna re- disabuse you of that notion. I think that's right. I, you know, if there's anything I want people to leave with is emotional flexibility as a North Star is just so good. <laughs> I, like, it's, it's probably what I've spent the majority of my life trying to do through osmosis around my inner circles, professionally and personally. It just, it's so darn clear. Well, I think about this with routine, right? It's one thing that I wake up at this time, I do this, 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 and then what about when you're on the road, right? So I actually think about it routines plural, right? I'm disip- I have different routines that I do in different ways. Hey, actually the morning one's not gonna work, I'm gonna move it to the afternoon. It's important that you have key practices, things that you always try to do, but you have to be able to shuffle them around, adjust, because life is constantly shuffling you around and adjusting you. Yeah, and the thing that I always worry about for the people I love, and this is probably an important conversation for people to listen to, is when people struggle with things changing that are tiny, what happens when things change when they're big? Yeah. Like when you lose a loved one, when there is a pandemic, when there, when your country is going through turmoil or anxiety. Like, you know, there's just like all these things that are happening in our world today and like, you know, the lack of flexibility is leading people into deeper and deeper spirals. Yeah, and that doesn't mean you don't have principles that there aren't things that are core to who you are, but it's about the little things that don't matter that you wanna be able to adjust. So precisely as you said, in the big things, you don't change. This is why I love you because you touch on things when I make statements in a similar manner that I do, like you so were able to take that last sentence and speak to another common thing that you hear from the counterpoint, which is, 
you're absolutely right. My principles are non-bendable. The problem is they're so macro and so like universally based on things like kindness and love that you know it's not about like people being late. Yeah. Like my poor father, yeah. for example, like like somebody being late to the like. He, and actually, I'll use a business example to help people. My father, growing up, we had this crazy good employee. The guy was getting ten dollars an hour, Ryan. Like he was a young kid. The kid clearly was like in that I'm late life, you know? And he would come in at 9.03 and 9.04 and 9.06 and 9.02 and 9.01 and my dad would like obsess over his punch card. This kid was disproportionately the most valuable employee in the company besides me and he was making $10 an hour. It was a very small business. And I, and I just like really struggled with and my you know with my dad and we would argue and fight I would cry I was really 15 16 at this point so I was really like emotionally charged and arguing with my dad if it went a certain way I would cry I'd be like dad the va- like like I don't get it like the value this guy brings and look what he does and what if he quits and this and that and like you want to yell at him for this and I'm like it's a couple of minutes he goes like the principle it's the principle it's the principle and like the discipline like the, and I was like no it's it's really not and I think the reason I wanted to tell that story as an ender is I think a lot of people right now are running families, organizations, relationships, companies, one employee, a virtual employee, and they're getting hung up on something that they think is an important principle. And they think it's yeah. important because you know I could see somebody taking this conversation from the wrong angle and trying to deploy discipline on their employees instead of discipline on themselves in the macro. Right? They leave here and be like, oh, great. It, please. It's important to realize we're talking about self-discipline, yes. right? You're not a drill sergeant. Yes. You don't, you don't, you don't control these other self-discipline. The Stoics say tolerant with others, strict with yourself. Correct. And that, that you can decide that I'm punctual, I'm never late. You should be flexible, you should be able to adjust. But the point is you don't get to decide these rules and then project them onto other people. And, and this is the important part, be disappointed or frustrated or despair. What, what Ryan, what is that what is that called? If Stoics are doing it that way, what are people that are doing it the reverse? Because I'm very hot on these last four minutes because I got yeah. real feelings about leadership, parenting. So what what is that called? Do we categorize that? Like how is that yeah. talked about in slang? That's called being a tyrant. You know, if you're trying to control every little thing that every people uh, other people do, you're trying to monitor their personal decisions. And, and you know, you're, uh, you're you being know what? a jerk. I- yeah, and what bothers me the most is always out of self-interest, often financial. Yes, yes. Fuck. But but short-term financial, because the long-term, no shit. you want to cultivate great talent and do what that talent needs to be successful. And if that's being two minutes late, who cares? Retention matters. I know that you've written a book that went crazy viral in the sports world because I'm always recruiting and this and that, and plus I think you know, Belichick liked it, which really pissed me off and kind of hurt our friendship. But, you know, I think about retention all the time. Um, and I think about it from sports quite a bit. Teams that have that same core, it's very clear. And you see it in Golden State in basketball right now. And, um, and I believe in it so much in the workplace. And to your point, another tremendous add-on, a good cherry on the end of this. Once again, you added a tremendous point because it, it bleeds retention, and you're absolutely right. The financial value is extremely short-term. You're the best, man. Brother. You, you and I are always on the same wavelength. 
It really are, and like the one thing that you do that I like so much is, and and, and maybe because it comes so natural to me is, I like that you're able to take a sentence and like take it to the next place. You did it two or three times here and I really noticed it this time even more in the past, so I admire that because it is a higher understanding of the thing, of the thing, you know, and I think, actually I'm really excited. I think this is really gonna be valuable for a lot of people listening. Even if this isn't for you about discipline, I think if you really, maybe even re-listen to this podcast, I think the thematics play out in a lot of arenas, a lot of self-traits of this gray versus black and white. Um, I really like that strict with yourself. I, I mean, you know, I say it differently and it drives people around me crazy. I always say I don't have expectations of others. And they're like, like You don't I, control others, you only control yourself. I just don't. I. I just try to take their reality and try to make it good. You work with what they give you. A hundred percent. I'll give you one more minute here because I'm enjoying this too much. What did we not touch on in the bouncing around that we just did that's core to the book or something you wanted to say or something that'll bring value to someone to understand why they want? Well look, we were talking about high forms of discipline. I do think that the highest form of discipline though is when you are so strict with yourself and you model these behaviors and it inspires others to be more disciplined, right? Mm. So the great leaders make everyone else on the team more disciplined, not by force, not by yelling, but by modeling those traits. They don't talk about it, they are about it. That's, that's what I think ultimately we wanna aspire to do as leaders. We'll leave it with that. Ryan, thank you so much. You're the best, man. Cheers.